On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Sentry Mode rolls out, adding an extra layer of security to the Tesla fleet. A really great Easter egg, make that a Great Scott Easter egg, is discovered in the Tesla app. Bill Gates talks Tesla and more. What's happening, my friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This is episode 185 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast for February 17th, 2019. To my left, Daisy the Boxer Puppy, who looks longingly out the window at the end of another day in a dog's life, in a puppy's life. She looks very content. Anyway, I uh, hope you've had a good week. I've had a very interesting week. I was in Las Vegas for the first time in many years this week on business at the DICE conference. It's a game developer thing uh, that I got to attend for uh, my first time. I'd never been there before. And for me, I was there doing a bunch of interviews with game developers, which I really enjoy doing. I love doing interviews with interesting people. Speaking of which, hopefully that Elon interview will happen someday. Still, <laughs> so, Fingers crossed it's still going to happen. He publicly agreed to it, so it's, it's on him to make it happen. But anyway, yeah, I hadn't been to Vegas in a while. The, I stayed at the Aria Hotel, which wasn't even there the last time I was in Vegas. That tells you how long I, it's been. But uh, good times there. Good to be home, though. And I came home to a lovely present the, the uh, Jada Wireless Charging Pad Version 2 that they're selling now. You can't even buy the first one. They're, you know, they just replaced it. So Version 2, you know, I promised you some impressions of this, and I want to provide those. Uh, first, again, the caveat, uh, I had bought the original one with my own money uh, just as a regular customer pre-ordered it. This one they were kind enough to send to me, so I guess technically you could consider this an ad, but I'm just giving my honest assessment of it. Thankfully, though, I, my honest assessment of it is that it's really good. I mean, I, I really thought version one was excellent, except when you slam the accelerator pedal, the uh, phone would pop out on launches on the, on the version one charger. It doesn't do that in the version two charger. There's a, there's a cool little, uh, um, I don't know, kind of a lip thing at the bottom that's, that's tall enough up off the, the pad to hold the phone in there on launches the worst that i could the worst thing i could make happen was launch it and and the phone uh once or twice just just i guess came off the pad did like a millimeter enough to stop it charging and then it just came <laughs> it came back down onto the pad and resumed charging like so just kind of blip for a second like stop charging start charging again so uh, no biggie there. It also, what they did with this one, if you're a Waze person or certain other apps that, that run in the horizontal mode, the landscape mode, you can, uh, you know, there's still the divider there, so you can have two phones and not have them, you know, falling onto each other, but the, uh, there's, the, the lip is such that you can, you can put one phone laid down horizontally in landscape mode and have it still charged, so... Uh, I really do like this. It definitely feels like a version two in every way. Like it's just, it nicely improves on the original version. So um, I can't really find fault with it yet in, in the sense that it's just a, seems like a really great wireless charging solution. If you have a Qi compatible wireless phone, 
so good stuff. Good job uh, to the folks at Jada. This seems, seems like a really good product. I'm very happy to have it in my car. Okay, let's get to the news proper this week, starting with an absolutely brilliant Back to the Future-themed Easter egg discovered by the community this week. Uh, it's found in the Tesla app. I am, I am the absolute target audience. It's like this was 100% made for me. Uh, if, you, if you haven't been with me for a while, if you're a newer listener, I owned a DeLorean for 12 years. It was my dream car as a kid. I was super lucky to have it. I know basically everything there is to know. I've, I've, I've absorbed all the DeLorean information there is. Uh, I, I, I can picture in my mind how every panel, how every piece of that car feels to the touch and how to drive it. And so, of course, and I fell in love with it because of Back to the Future. Well, Back to the Future remains a timeless classic, and Tesla taking it upon themselves to hide this awesome little Easter egg in, uh, in the app. So when your battery charge is down to 121 miles remaining, now, why that number? Of course, because... 1.21 gigawatts is the amount of electricity, the amount of power needed to send the DeLorean time machine through time. So when it's at 121 miles, open your Tesla app and tap the battery icon, the big battery icon at the top of the screen. It's gonna bring up a prompt that says, time circuits on. Ensure plutonium fuel is inserted into reactor chamber and press yes to continue. So you press yes, and it turns your car, whether it's an S, a 3, or an X of any color, into a silver Model X with the Falcon Wing doors open. Obviously making reference to the DeLorean itself. So that's cool. Now, that alone, if they stopped right there, that would be a super cool Easter egg. But this goes, they really went all out on this. And I know this is a little thing and it's just a fun, but you got to humor me on this because I'm, you know, this is just the ultimate overlapping of my worlds, the DeLorean world and the Tesla world. So the battery meter icon itself turns into uh, an orange plutonium rod with a little nuclear symbol, a little nuclear icon on it to, of course, mimic that, the, uh, the, the nuclear uh, reaction that Doc uses in the first movie. Uh, and then, <laughs> it keeps going, your, the, it, changes your, it changes all the listings on the app. So everything under, down on, in the list there. The charging listing is changed to uh, fuel chamber, and it says current output 300R, which I presume is rads or radiation, your location is changed to 1600 South Azusa Avenue in Roland Heights, California. And if you're wondering, I don't remember that from the movie. It's because that's actually the real life location of the mall they used in Back to the Future 1. So that Twin Pines Mall, which it's not actually called that, but that mall, that's where it's located. So that's cool. It changes the name of your car at the very top of the screen to Out of Time, which was the DeLorean's license plate in Back to the Future. Uh, it, it, it changes, you know, you can now schedule service right from the Tesla app, uh, and it, it has a listing for that too. It says, 
scheduled service appointment on November 5th, 1955, which is the day that uh, Marty goes back to that, of course, Doc uh, first has the idea for the flux capacitor, which is what makes time travel possible. So that's cool. Uh, and <laughs> that's still that's still not even all of it. The uh, well, I'll save I'll save what I think is the best for last. At the very bottom, uh, if you scroll down to the bottom, there's a couple more things. So you know it shows your which Tesla you have. You know it's Model Three, dual motor, whatever. It changes that to Model X P88D. The 88, of course, being the 88 miles per hour needed to uh, activate the flux capacitor and send the car back through time. That's awesome. And then the version number of the app. Take a look at the version. You know, it's just like, it just tells you which, you know, what version of the app you have. Well, with this Easter egg, it changes the version number of your app to 1985.43. And if you're wondering what, what does that mean? Well, of course, the film is set in 1985 and the date that, that Marty goes back in time is October 26th, 1985. And the .43, as, as you may know from Tesla software version releases, like for instance, you know, it's, uh, we, just got all, we just got done with what, 2018.50 and then .6, is, well, that's the one I'm still on. We'll talk about century mode later in the show. You know, that because that's the, the build from the 50th week of the year. Well, what what number week of the year does October 26th fall in 1985? Yes, you guessed it. The 43rd week of the year. So that's cool. But then the 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 coup de gras of this amazing Easter egg for me cuz again this hits so close to home. It it actually changes your VIN number to a real DeLorean VIN. Not and not just any VIN, but the the actual VIN of one of the primary cars used in the filming of Back to the Future. Uh, I I of course know these well. The DeLorean VINs start with S C E D T two six T, and then they go on from there. Uh, and it's it's VIN five two six one, which is a nineteen eighty one model year DeLorean. They used all 80, uh, 81 models in the filming of the movies. Don't ask me how and why I know that. I can I can pretty much tell what year a DeLorean is by looking at it, even though there are only very subtle changes. I could do a whole show on that. No, none of you want that, believe me. That's that's a rabbit hole. We don't have to go down here. But it's just all those little things that are in this Easter egg, which just made me smile so much. I really uh, just salute and and thank the Tesla software team for that one. Like I said, that that's I'm the target audience. That one hits close to home. I really loved it. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have to go run my battery down, do 121 miles of range so that I can go see this for myself. Just fun, fun stuff. That is great. Next up this week, some more concrete news than than an Easter egg. Uh, Bill Gates talking Tesla. Uh, that's to the, my knowledge. I'm not sure if he's ever actually addressed. Tesla specifically commented on them publicly, but uh, Marquez Brownlee, who uh, you know as uh, someone who interviewed Elon Musk, uh, that was last year, he is one of, if not the preeminent, most popular 
tech-focused YouTuber on uh, on the planet. He got his uh, some time with Bill Gates. So boy, another feather in the cap for Marquez Brownlee, Elon, and Bill Gates is uh, it's checking him off the list. That's a that's a heck of a bucket list. So yeah, he sat down just for a few minutes with Bill Gates to talk about technology, and Mr. Gates was asked by Marquez about electric vehicles. And here is what Bill Gates had to say. So I'm curious, what's your take on electric cars? Have you gone electric? Uh, how do you feel about them? Well, the, you know, Tesla's an amazing product that uh, is catching on, but it's still a pretty small percentage of the market. It's right. a premium priced vehicle and they lost their $7,500 tax credit. So, uh, it's making it tougher. Now, a ton of the other manufacturers are going to come in, partly because of the car, uh, California Zero emission and partly because people see these trends. There'll be a lot of really great electric cars to choose from. Now, will it get down to the volume price categories? And then, you know, for transportation, it's not just automobiles. We've got trucks, we've got, you know, trains, boats, planes. And so, you know, solving the entire transport sector isn't going to be easy. You know, transport is hard, industrial is hard. It's a wide range of innovations we're going to need. And also, I read that, especially in the U.S., truck driver is an extremely popular uh, job. In fact, in more than half the U.S., truck driving is like the most popular profession in that state. So it sounds like electric might not be the only solution to transportation. Well, the passenger car, the power output you need is lower than for a truck. So eventually batteries might work for a truck, but it's a far more difficult problem uh, because just the weight is a, is a lot higher there. Even those passenger cars, one thing to be careful of is in, unless the electric sector has gotten to zero, the electric car is still a, an emitter because of the indirect emissions from the electricity it uses. Right. And so only in the places where you both get the electric cars to be a high percentage and you get the electric sources to be zero emission, then you've got that passenger transport car piece uh, near getting near to zero. So that's the goal. So you hear Bill Gates saying more cars coming besides just Tesla. Hopefully he's right. He mentions Tesla being hurt by the reduction of the federal tax credit. And what's interesting about this interview, I watched it on YouTube. You could tell, or I could tell, I'm pretty sure that Marquez had a very short window with Bill Gates. Like, he got him, but he didn't get him for very long because if, you're, if your ears were kind of a little, a little ruffled on that clip, you can see and you can hear the mic rubbing against Bill Gates' sweater and Marquez's mic is just clipped to the front of his shirt rather than running it up his shirt to hide it. And, and the fact that the video is only 10 minutes long, that tells me, that gives me the clues that uh, Bill Gates's people said, okay, if you come up here, you can interview Mr. Gates, but you have 10 minutes. And they probably just had to scramble and uh, get it done. Because I'm sure, you know, Marquez, his, his work, if nothing else, is like the utmost pristine quality, video and audio. So I bet he just, it probably kills him inside that that, that that mic was rubbing on Bill Gates' sweater. But it doesn't, you could, it's still, 
the interview is great. Uh, I encourage you to go check out the whole thing. He talks about a couple of other topics besides just Tesla there. But um, I will say this, though, about Gates's Tesla comments specifically there. I'm a little disappointed to hear Bill Gates kind of sort of propagate the, the idea that electric vehicles are still dirty because of the power grid. You know, we know that the grid gets cleaner every year and that an electric car is still a heck of a lot cleaner than an internal combustion engine car in any state in this country, even West Virginia, which is, you know, more heavily reliant on coal as, as their uh, electric power source. But um, it was it was pretty cool, I thought, though, that Marquez, if you notice there, when he asked that question... He didn't even mention Tesla. Bill Gates went right to it on his own at the mere mention of the term electric car, which that says that Tesla is doing something right. They are almost literally synonymous with electric cars. And that, that's a good thing for Tesla. I'm sure Elon would, would rather that not be the case. He, he wants electric cars to be coming from every company. He probably doesn't want Tesla to necessarily be synonymous. I'm sure he wants them to be thought of as the best electric cars. But uh, anyway, good stuff from Marquez Brownlee there. Cool to hear from uh, Bill Gates talking about Tesla. All right, the other big item of the week this week, Sentry Mode has arrived in the uh, the world of Tesla. I'm going to give you just a quick preamble. So, Early in the week, I got an email, a bunch of everybody got an email. There was an email blast that was sent out by Tesla that said, soon sentry mode will be enabled on your Model 3 via an over-the-air software update and will monitor your car's environment while it's parked. When a potential threat is detected, the cameras on your car will begin recording and the alarm system will activate. In the meantime, For owners looking to prevent theft, we also recommend removing valuables from your car and leaving the rear seats folded down with the trunk empty when parked, end quote. Well, uh, it's, you know, it's just crazy. The the reason I I tell you that, because (laughs) sentry mode's out, we'll talk about that, and I'll talk about that in a second, but... It's crazy to me that that this Bay Area window-smashing break-in problem is so bad that even Tesla themselves is telling their customers to clean out their trunks and leave the seats folded down. You know, I know there's not much else that Tesla can do besides sentry mode, which again is now rolling out to folks, but man, I guess I guess I say that because it just it just feels like a depressing acknowledgement of 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 how widespread this problem is when when again, even even the company itself, Tesla itself, is is just saying, "Yeah, empty your trunk and put the seats down to try and minimize the the risk." But again, and I I really do hope, Sentry mode or not, I really sincerely hope that Tesla is redesigning the back seats in the Model S and the Model Three to move the seat back release to the back of the seats, accessible through the trunk. That's how my last car was, and it was fine. You know, if I needed to put the seats down for anything. I mean, if you need to put the seats down, odds are you're putting something in the trunk anyway. 
So for me, it was never with that with that last car I had that in my Infinity. It was never I was never annoyed to have to reach through through the trunk to pull that lever and and then push the 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 back seat back down so that I you know could have that that wider uh, trunk space cargo space. So I would love to see Tesla move it there. That I think that would really help alleviate the problem on a on a more um, just permanent kind of basis, you know, cause then there's, there's just no handle. There's no way for a thief to peek in your trunk by smashing the windows. Now on the bright side, as I said, sentry mode is rolling out now. Here's more on it from Tesla. They say when enabled sentry mode enters a standby state, like many home alarm systems, which uses the car's external cameras to detect potential threats. If a minimal threat is detected, such as someone leaning on a car, sentry mode switches to an alert state and displays a message on the touchscreen warning that its cameras are recording. If a more severe threat is detected, such as someone breaking a window, sentry mode switches to an alarm state, which activates the car alarm, increases the brightness of the center display, and plays music at maximum volume from the car's audio system. If a car switches to alarm state, owners will also receive an alert from their Tesla mobile app notifying them that an incident has occurred. They'll be able to download a video of an incident, which begins 10 minutes prior to the time a threat was detected by inserting a formatted USB drive into their car before they enable sentry mode. Now here's something interesting about it. Sentry mode must be enabled each time a driver wants to use the feature by going to controls, safety and security, sentry mode. The feature will begin rolling out today, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Vehicles, it is, uh, so it's only gonna be usable in Teslas that were built after August, 2017. So that is, that is the cutoff there, which I believe is probably about, well, let's see. That should be roughly autopilot 2.5, I think. I mean, every Model 3, yeah, I mean, I guess that's probably Autopilot 2.5. Uh, so, I am, you know, th- there have been a few YouTube videos to go up about this already. Uh, Michael from Milbray got his hands on it uh, today, Friday, as I record this. He was texting texting me some details. Um, and it does, what I do like is it does, it's got a little HAL 9000 red eye on it. <laughs> like right on the screen. So if if a, if someone if sentry mode is on and some ne'er do well does approach the car, they're gonna see a, a weird looking thing, pretty bright on the screen, hard to miss. And then they might look at it and see the thing that and it says you know it's recording, and maybe they'll they'll think twice. And then if they do you know get up to the car, they're gonna get recorded, and maybe the alarm will get triggered. So hopefully this will help. I mean it, it'll it will help. I, you know, I, of course it doesn't solve, it's not a bulletproof solution, but it's something. Uh, and the, the one, now the one thing I'd like to see added to this, and, and to the best of my knowledge, it doesn't do this. Can't say for sure, for sure, because again, it, it just really started hitting uh, people's cars today. Uh, and, and I haven't seen any Reddit posts or YouTube thre- uh, YouTube videos mentioning this, but... I would love to see that in-cabin camera, the, ca- the, the cabin-facing camera that's currently only in the Model 3s, if, if a window break is detected, uh, you know, so if it goes to that alarm state, I'd love to see that cabin-facing camera get turned on as well 
so that if someone does still, you know, reach into your car, that you know, maybe that cabin facing camera can uh, maybe get you a better look at the intruder's face that you can that you can give to the police. You know, so that that camera still hasn't been used for anything, and I think I feel like that would be one good use of it. So. Uh, it doesn't, I, again, I don't think it's there in this release. Maybe it could be added at some point in the future, but there you go. Sentry mode rolling out along with dog mode. Dog mode is in that as well, by the way, uh, which, which by the way, dog mode has a cool little animated dog icon, dog on the screen, which is cool. And then it's got text that says, you know, uh, the, that the cabin set to whatever degree, like the degree number is huge. Like, so it's, it'll show you, Hey, Cabins at 70 degrees, whether it's heated or cooled, depending on the, the time of year. But that seems uh, that seems pretty excellent of a feature as well. Glad to have that. Now, speaking of new features, a couple more. <laughs> we, got, we got dog mode. We got sentry mode. A couple more new features are on the way very shortly. And in fact, uh, the first one, first one is out. Second one looks like it's just maybe hitting the early access folks. But the Audible blind spot warning is rolling out now. So uh, from the release notes, it reads, when making a lane change, you can now turn on an audible chime to warn you when a possible collision with a vehicle or obstacle is detected in your target lane. To enable blind spot warning time, uh, chime, touch controls, and then blind spot warning chime. Uh, That rocks. I will absolutely be turning this on right away uh you know all three teslas are big cars and you know the the rear visibility when you're turning your head is not the greatest you know it it can be tough to to see that blind spot so uh that should be a useful addition and and certainly it, it really augments that red line that you get on the on the screen really nicely because you don't always necessarily uh want to look at the screen when you're trying to make a lane change having that audible chime will uh will really help make that a much more convenient feature now the second one the other feature that is imminent is location based side view mirror auto folding the release notes read as such your car can now automatically fold and unfold the side mirrors based on location This saves you from having to manually position your mirrors each time you arrive or leave a frequented place, such as narrow garages, tight parking spaces, etc. To set it up, go to Controls, Quick Controls, Fold, and select Always Fold Mirrors at this location. The next time you approach a saved location, your mirrors will fold. When you leave the location, your mirrors will unfold. And get this part. If your car is equipped with Homelink, you can also integrate auto-folding mirrors with your garage. To enable, go to Homelink, auto-fold mirrors when nearby. Love that one. I have a super tight garage. I've told you the, the, the garage opening. And a shout-out for this goes to Earl, a.k.a. The Frunk Puppy Guy, 28 delays later on Twitter. He has been championing the location-based mirror-folding feature on Twitter and he had finally gotten Elon Musk's attention with it a few months back, and here it is. Now we're in February, and that feature is now rolling out. So we all owe a thank you to Earl. Excellent feature. Love the the option here, and again, I will be using it. 
That wraps it up for the news this week, but plenty more to get to. Uh, Ten of your great calls are lined up, and I'm ready to play them for you, talk about them right after this. It's time once again for the Ride the Lightning Hotline. It's your time to shine with your comments, your questions, your discussion topics. Give me a call anytime, day or night. Two easy ways to do that. You can use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software to record a one to one and a half minute call. Please try to limit it to that, please. And send that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can call the toll-free Ride the Lightning hotline and just leave a message. That number is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And hey, if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted, or you can put them onto a keepsake. If you'd like to learn more, visit lifeonrecord.com. Let's kick it off with Alexandra from Toronto, who wants to share her experience driving through the recent polar vortex that uh, tore through a good chunk of North America. So Alexandra, you're on the air. Hello, Ryan. This is Alexandra from Toronto. I'm a new Model 3 long-range rear-wheel drive owner, which came with six months of free supercharging thanks to your referral code. I'm a long-time listener and simply adore the fact that I can listen to your podcast directly in my Model 3. I want to share my experience driving the Model 3 over the past couple of weeks during the polar vortex, which brought wind chill values of minus 37 Celsius, which is about minus 35 in Fahrenheit. I am thrilled to share that my Tesla has done extremely well. The battery drain was higher, but with long range, I simply did not care considering my daily commute is under 30 kilometers. So while at work, I was keeping a constant 15 Celsius inside to keep it nice and toasty, simply because I can. With all the snow, road surface was very slippery, but the traction control is beyond impressive. When encountering another Tesla driver on the road, We would share a friendly wave and knowing smile. This seems to be a real thing up here, and I really love that part of being in the Tesla community. It's obvious that Elon Musk is Canadian because he totally gets cold weather needs. Ryan, continue being excellent in talking about Tesla and all things good for the environment. Alexandra, thank you for that wonderful call. I have to tell you, the biggest takeaway from your call for me is that you sound downright giddy, despite having just lived through, and and by the way, and driving through that wicked polar vortex. Most people would justifiably be miserable having to travel through that. You made it sound fun. I am so glad to hear that the car took good care of you. And you know, you bring up another point. I get asked a lot from new or prospective Tesla owners about range loss in the cold. Yes, it is absolutely a real thing. There's there's no doubt about that. It's why I always say range is king. If you're trying to decide on your options when you're ordering your Tesla, if you can budget for the biggest battery possible, that I highly recommend that. But there are positives to a Tesla in cold weather too, and you touched on them. 
the traction control, huge, huge advantage, just computer controlled millisecond level traction control and cabin preconditioning. I mean, hey, even here in the Bay Area where our uh, recent low 40s nighttime temperatures probably that probably sounds like a vacation to those of you who went through the polar vortex uh i i tell you you know it's been chilly for us and yes i know we're <laughs> we're we're really spoiled here uh, as far as that that weather goes but you know it's it's been chillier than normal for us and and i just smiled i i, I uh, took the family to see the lego movie too and uh, I just came out of the theater when the, when the when we were getting up to leave after the the credits. I just opened the app, turned on the the preconditioning. You know, seventy two degrees. Turned the seat heaters on, and uh, and you know when I open the car door, when I finally get to it and open the car door, it's like approaching a campfire. It feels so nice. It's great. So I am glad you're to hear that you're loving that Tesla, Alexandra. Thank you again for your call. Next up is David from Rutherford, North Carolina, uh, asking about the Tesla app and a uh, specific version of the Tesla app for another device, maybe. David, go ahead. Hi, Ryan. This is David from Rutherford, North Carolina. Uh, I had a question about the app. I know that they have the app on the phone that, that you can wake your car up and everything else. Most most of us who drive drive the Teslas and stuff really are techie people. You know, and a lot of us would like to know if they have any way that the watches would do that. Like, I have an Apple Watch, and, of course, Android watches, too, are getting more and more popular every day. I was wondering if there was anyone who was working on an app that would do the same thing as, as the phone, because a lot of times I run off leave my phone at home, and it would be nice to have that, that same situation on my, on my watch, you know. Thanks again. I enjoy all your work. Have a nice day. Hey, David. Well, this is definitely a feature that's been increasingly asked for. Smartwatches are getting cheaper. They're getting more common. I'm with you, by the way. I would love for an Apple Watch, uh, an Android Watch, to be able to have the functionality, at least basic functionality, of the Tesla phone app. I mean, technically, an Apple Watch has Bluetooth, it has NFC, it has presumably enough processing power to run the Tesla app functions. And, you know, I mean, hey, I'm no software developer, but I don't think there's anything standing in the way uh, of that being a thing that could work outside of just resources at Tesla to develop it. You know, Tesla would have to dedicate some people on their app team to, to, to build that. And, you know, hey, <laughs> for all we know, they might be doing that. I mean, at, at the very worst, at the worst, I'm sure that if they're not actively working on it now, it's got to be on their product roadmap because the, the smartwatches are just getting more and more common. I, I see them uh, with f higher and higher frequency. I know I do live in the, the, the tech bubble here in the Bay Area, but even outside of it, I was in Vegas this past week. I saw lots, lots of people with, uh, with the smartwatches, but hopefully it's coming. Next is Morgan in Nashville who had a question about v3 supercharging go ahead morgan ryan hello this is morgan in nashville and i've got a quick one for you just got done listening to the q4 earnings call and um you spoke about the v3 supercharger potential update for for the beginning of the year my question is 
I don't remember V1 to V2. Maybe you can educate some of us that maybe weren't paying attention at that time. What was V1 capable of and what happened with V2? Look forward to hearing from you. Thank you. I am happy to help you here, Morgan. So this happened very early in the supercharger days after the Model S launch. So the original Model S battery packs and the original superchargers could do 90 kilowatts maximum of, of juice. Then it went up to 135 kilowatts. So if you happen to be buying a used Model S around the vintage of a 2012 model, any 2012 model, or an early 2013 model, try to find out from, from Tesla if it has the A battery pack or the B, the C, the D. Find out what it's, which battery pack it has. The you know, subsequent letters were the revision. So the, that A pack cannot supercharge as fast as the other ones can. So Morgan, I hope that helps. Thanks for the excellent question. Mike from Massachusetts is up next. He is a new Model S owner and actually has a present for everyone living in his neck of the woods. Mike, go ahead. Good morning, Ryan. It's Mike from Massachusetts. I am a new Model S owner uh, a couple months in, already uh, close to 5,000 miles. Um, just following up on an, a uh, message left last week on a uh, Tesla new supercharger in New York, uh, Dunkin' Donuts, we have the same thing north of Hartford, not on the map. Uh, local uh, users group on Facebook found it. Um, it's very convenient right off of 91. Uh, it is amazing that they're adding all these superchargers and then not really letting anybody know they're coming. It's obviously a great way for uh, new prospective buyers to know that Tesla is committed to supporting their charging needs by having more superchargers. Uh, a lot of the cases in their backyards. Love your, your program. It's my, uh, part of my Monday drive into work. Take care. Thanks. Thank you very much for that, Mike. I just checked just before recording this response. It has not been added to the official Tesla map yet, so I imagine it'll get added there soon, but uh, if you do want to find that charger in the meantime, Mike kindly followed up his call with an email. So here is the exact address of where to find that new supercharger if you happen to live or be in the area. It is at 195 Liebert Road, L-E-I-B-E-R-T. 195 Liebert Road in Hartford, 06120 is the zip code on that. Thank you again, Mike. Rick from Minnesota is up next. He has uh, some suggestions for... Joe from Alaska about his summon questions. Rick, go ahead. Hey, Ryan, this is Rick calling from uh, Minnesota again. So um, I'm calling to uh, make some suggestions to Joe from Alaska about his summon uh, questions that he had. I can't speak on the Wi-Fi, on the Wi-Fi uh, connectivity issues he was having, but one thing I found that helps me um, summon into my garage, especially in reverse. I put the tail end of the car past the threshold of the door and then get out and summon it, and it's helped. Um, I haven't had to start and stop it time and again like I have had to <clears throat> because of the um, close quarters with the other car in the garage and 
the wall. So once you get it past the threshold, that should help quite a bit. All right, thanks. Bye. Well, I don't have anything to add here except, Rick, that is much appreciated. Thank you, Joe. Give that a try. Frank from San Diego wanted to comment on the uh, the options change on the Model S and the Model X about that extended range cost versus the software-locked standard battery. Frank, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. You commented on the cost. I think it was $8,000 to unlock the uh, 100 battery pack from Tesla. Um, just to give you some historical perspective, back in the day when Tesla did this for the 75 kilowatt hour pack, they locked it off at 60 and allowed the buyer to unlock that additional 15 kilowatt hours for, I believe it was $9,000. However, uh, later on, Tesla offered a deal to everybody that had the locked off packs and, and offered it at $2,000 to unlock the full 15 kilowatts to bring it up to 75. So I think that even though they might say up front it's going to be $8,000 to unlock the full battery, later on we might find that they, they offer you a much better deal. Enjoy the podcast. Keep up the good work. Thanks. That is a good precedent to mention there. Thank you, Frank. Uh, it, of course, doesn't guarantee that Tesla will or won't do the same thing this time at some point down the road, but it certainly does open the door to that possibility. Thanks for your call. Bill in Pittsburgh, been getting a lot of rain out there and wanted to comment on the auto wipers and had, had maybe an idea for how to make those better. Bill, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. This is Bill in Pittsburgh. We've been having a significant amount of rain in my neck of the woods the past couple of months, and it has me thinking about off-screen manual controls for the windshield wipers, as I'm finding the auto wipers not being nearly active enough. I remember a previous caller bringing up the possibility of additional short presses of the left stock button to cycle through manual settings, but I think there is a potential better solution. Given the scroll wheels on the steering wheel are context-sensitive, I think it would be a good solution if one of the scroll wheels were to go into wiper mode on a short press of the left sock button, with scrolling up increasing the manual wiper speed and down decreasing the speed, or turning the wipers manually off with a click down below the slowest wiping speed. When in wiper mode, clicking the scroll wheel in could toggle the wipers back to auto wiper mode, should the driver desire it. The scroll wheel would remain in wiper mode for the same amount of time of the manual controls appearing on the screen during a normal short press of the left sock. I think this solution will give drivers a much improved eyes-on-the-road, on-demand access to the desired wiping speed. Keep up the great work on the show, and let me know what you think. Bill, I have to say, this is an excellent idea. I like it. And just trying to think it through, I I think it could be safely and functionally implemented. So I hope Tesla hears this and maybe gives it a try or or has an idea uh, to jump off of what you said to, to do something similar. So good stuff. Bill, thank you very much for that. God, this <laughs> how many cool ideas does this audience have? So many. We've had, like every week, there's somebody's calling in with a cool new idea. Lawton from Chicago is up next, and he is a fan of the updated Model S and Model X uh, configurations and pricing. Let's hear what Lawton has to say on that topic. Hi, Ryan. It's Lawton from Chicago. I wanted to comment how the recent pricing changes and updates from Model S and X are a win-win for Tesla and its customers. It shows the confidence that Tesla has in battery costs and profit margins on S and X, allowing them to further simplify production and logistics with fewer hardware variations. For customers that buy the standard range, having 8% unused battery capacity offers an array of possibilities. You can maximize your range 
and not worry about potential long-term battery degradation from max charging. Tesla could even consider using a portion of the new battery capacity to enhance reserve battery range when you reach zero miles of range. This unused capacity, along with upgrading ludicrous mode in the performance mile, can also be a potential revenue source. Tesla could opt to allow users to temporarily activate enhanced range of performance, with money spent giving credit towards permanently unlocking the upgrade. Just like a previous trial offers of autopilot, they could also offer trials of ludicrous or an extended range modes, offering discounts on an upgrade after. Thanks as always for all the fun and love you share with the Tesla family. Look forward to your thoughts. Thanks, Lawton. I don't think they would unlock any juice for you if you run out of battery in the standard Model S because, you know, you, you just you have to draw a line somewhere. You can't just give people an extra mile or two because it just it just opens up a whole can of worms. But I will say you, you might be right about the ludicrous trial mode being a thing that they might be able to do. I, I hadn't thought about that one. I mean, if you order the base performance model, which is now, you know, insane mode again, they they maybe could give you a taste of ludicrous from time to tr- time to time, pardon me, to try and tempt those customers into into paying for a, a ludicrous upgrade. Now, that's assuming that both the insane and ludicrous versions of the performance car all have the same hardware, i.e. the Inconel fuses. They probably do, I would think, but I don't know, maybe not necessarily, because maybe the insane version uses the exact same hardware as the 100D, you know, the, or better known as the extended range, but maybe Tesla's just dialed up the motor output a bit higher in order to get that 3.0 seconds 0 to 60 time. So yeah, I wonder which it is, if they've d- just dialed up the motor or if it does have the, the actual hardware difference, uh, the hardware upgrade that the uh, the ludicrous performance version has. That's, uh, that's an interesting question, but good stuff as always from you, Lawton. Thank you again for your call. You've got you, <laughs> see, you've got me wondering about that now. Steve from Tokyo is our penultimate caller this week. He uh, wants to talk about right-hand drive, certainly relevant to his interests. Steve, you're on the air. Hi, Ryan. This is Steve from Tokyo, longtime listener, and probably this is my fourth call now. Uh, anyways, I just finished listening to episode 184, and in response to show's question about when the Model 3 is coming to right-hand drive countries, I thought it would be a nice timing to remind, or I guess inform those waiting to buy their first Teslas about the Tesla Owners Club program. I myself am a board member of the Tesla Owners Club Japan, and full disclosure, it's not like we get any confidential information earlier than the general public, but we may be able to make uh, educated guesses about when the launch date is based on our experience. The club program is a great place for new owners to gain information also to support um, the Tesla's mission, especially in this country where EVs are not popular at all. Um, Regarding the launch date, to build on your theory, uh, I think Tesla won't be able to deplete the high-end Model 3 demand in Europe and China by the end of Q2, so my guess is they will launch the RHD in Q3 to keep the profitability high as they start selling the short-range model in parallel. Uh, By the time most of the high-end demand around the world is fulfilled, I'm sure the Model Y will be rolling out, starting from the high-profit margin models again. Um... Let me know what you think. Uh, love the podcast and keep up the good work. Thanks. Bye. 
Great stuff, Steve. And uh, I should correct myself, by the way. I think you were my first caller from Japan. I should have remembered that. I'm sorry. It's regardless, though. It's it's awesome to have callers from so many different countries. It's so cool. Uh, anyway, it it sounds like you're a bit more optimistic than I am about the standard battery Model Three availability, because you said that you thought it might be available in parallel with right-hand drive cars. I really think, as I said this before, I think Tesla is going to buy themselves as much time as possible to get their costs on that standard battery production down by delivering the higher margin cars in any configuration possible all around the world, including right-hand drive territories. Now, I hope you're right and I'm wrong, to be explicitly clear. I want you to be right. I want to be wrong on that. But you know, I'm, I'm trying to be as objective as I can while looking at recent and historical trends of Tesla, you know, to try and make some kind of educated guess about how the rollout of standard battery and right-hand drive is going to go. I mean, let's hope that neither the right-hand drive countries nor the standard battery customers are going to have to wait too much longer for their Model 3s. Also, speaking of Tesla owners clubs, by the way, I'm really glad you mentioned that. I get calls and emails from people curious about Tesla clubs and Tesla events and Tesla meetups in their area. Well, a, a friend of mine at Tesla put a little bug in my ear to kindly remind you, this is, this is actually a good thing to mention. You know, you can go to tesla.com slash owners club to see the full official list of clubs complete with contact information for the folks that coordinate those clubs in your area. So I encourage everybody to take a look at that page if you're interested in, uh, in getting together with other Tesla folks in a local club. I'm having a blast with the Silicon Valley Club, uh, and, and just uh, it's just great to get out. In fact, I'm going to tell you a little bit about, uh, I guess it's not an official club event, but I'm going to tell you about an event I went to recently here coming up in a few minutes. But first, the final call of the week, the honor goes to Brenton from Melbourne, Australia. Speaking of right-hand drive <laughs> Model 3s, he's got a Model 3 reservation and has a, a specific question that uh, I have to say I've never been asked about before. Brenton, you're on the air. Hey, Ryan and Daisy, the Boxer Puppy. Brenton here from Melbourne, Australia current Model 3 reservation holder. I have a question for you as a Model 3 owner. I tend to reverse park constantly, quite often in an unlit area. My question is, how do you like the reverse lights? As for me, it's less of a notification of other drivers of my intention to reverse, similar to an indicator, and more so to do with lighting up an area that I'm backing into. Would love to hear if any of your listeners have made any modifications to their reverse lights. Keep up the good work. Love the show. Thank you for the call, Brenton. I know exactly what you're asking about, but truth be told, I've, I've never even given it a thought. And I think the reason for that is because the backup camera has pretty good night vision on it. So you can generally see where you're going really well via that uh, rear view camera uh, view on, on your dashboard screen. So I think that you're going to find that it will be a non-issue. At least I hope so. If it does make you feel any better, my friends at abstractocean.com who sell lighting kits for Teslas, they don't even sell an upgrade for the reverse lights. So you got to figure if they're not selling it, 
it must not be necessary and or there's no demand for it because people don't find the lights lacking. So uh, hope that helps ease your mind a bit. Thanks to everybody for your excellent calls this week. As always, I sincerely appreciate it. And as always, I invite you to participate in the Ride the Lightning hotline, which you can, again, do in one of two easy ways. Either record a question on your smartphone's built-in voice recording software and email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Alternatively, you can call in and leave a message toll-free anytime, day or night, on the Ride the Lightning hotline, that number is 1-888-989-8752. Be right back with a few uh, more thoughts on, on what I've been up to, as well as the pro tip of the week and the parting thoughts right after this. Well, as for what I've been up to with the Spirit of Adventure this week, still just no movement at all on my windshield situation. That continues to be a bit of a a point of frustration, but I'm kind of just letting it be for now. But uh, my patience is honestly not going to last much longer because, yeah, I ordered that thing, gosh, uh, it's probably a month ago now. I think it's got to be about four weeks, but anyway, that's been kind of annoying. On the plus side, I have to say, I finally used Auto Park successfully. So I'll, I'll tell you that I've, I'd only tried to use it like three times that I can think of in the six months that I've had the car. And all three times I tried it, it behaved in a, in a way that scared me enough to just hit the brake and abort it. Now, come to think of it, I, I think all those three times where it freaked me out were on perpendicular parks. This one was a parallel park. I will say also, yeah, I've been a little gun-shy with it, but I'll also say that there have been a few times where I've wanted to try and use it, but I couldn't get it to trigger. I couldn't get the little P icon to pop up. So, you know, it's been kind of hit and miss, and then when I actually can use it, it's been mostly miss. But, yeah, I uh, I did a, I had a, a pretty good size parallel space to to park into so i got it to trigger i hit it and it zipped it did a good job zipping right in uh I, I, but the i guess the only complaint i would have i got, I got out you know i got out of the car and it was it was a little too far off the curb i mean this was san francisco you don't want to be too far off the curb technically you can get ticketed i don't know if i was far enough off to get ticketed but you know just you don't want to be uh, just in case you get some some nudnik who's uh, not paying attention and might, you know, just clip you. I mean, th- things happen, man, in, in cities like San Francisco. So I moved it a little closer, but uh, nevertheless, I mean, it, better... For, I'm glad that it worked, and then better that it would leave me too far off the curb than grind my wheel into the curb. I definitely don't want that. This is It's most certainly a case of exercising... Uh, you know, proceeding with caution, better safe than sorry on this one. And what was cool about this particular encounter, like the cherry on top of finally getting to do a successful auto park was that when I got out and then moved the car myself a little closer to the curb, uh, I got out and then I, I summoned it forward a little bit to just move it forward in the space. You know, so I was, I was out of the car and I could just see exactly where I wanted to put it, uh, within, you know, with the, with the, in the parking space. 
And a passerby, a gentleman, stopped and was like, whoa, that's cool. And we proceeded to have a, like, seriously, like a probably seven to ten minute conversation where he was just asking me about the car and what I thought of the car. So that, I loved it. it made me feel good. It was it was some genuine Tesla time where where people tend to ask you about your car when, if they, uh, when you get out of it, if you have the chance. So uh, hopefully I, you know, gave that guy some good information and, and made him feel good about Tesla. And maybe, who knows, maybe he'll, uh, he'll end up an owner someday. All right, time for the pro tip of the week. This one comes to us from Tom in Chicago. Baseball season is upon us. Tom, how can you help us listen to baseball games in our Teslas? Hey, Ryan, it's Tom from Chicago again. So I'm sure you're as excited as I am for baseball to start soon. Pitchers and catchers actually report this week. So this pro tip of the week is how to listen to baseball games on the radio in your Tesla. As you may know, Teslas don't have AM radio, which is often the default way most people listen to sports games. And using your phone to stream the games can just eat up a ton of data. However, most sports teams also have an FM HD station as well to accommodate for this. All you have to do is Google your team's radio network and find the local FM HD radio station they broadcast on. Then select radio and FM in your Tesla, tune to that station, and select the proper HD channel of that station. The Cubs, for example, are on 104.3 HD2 if you're local to Chicagoland. So hopefully that helps out any Tesla baseball fans out there, and good luck this season with the D-backs. Later, dude. Oh, and I want to mention real quick, by the way, thank you, Tom. Love that. It's baseball season. Get into it. (laughs) Didn't that used to be the slogan? Major League Baseball. Get into it. Anyway, um, one other thing, yeah, because I think I forgot to mention this last week, and I I feel a little bad about it, because my Tesla Adventure, which is a a sort of handle used by Eli Burton, really, really nice guy, lives up in the Sacramento area and and puts together a lot of cool Tesla events. He's not a club per se, but he just, he puts stuff together on his own and and gets these events going. Uh, When I went to the drag strip, he's the one who organized it uh, with some other people. I don't want to leave other people out, but anyway, yeah, Eli put together a Tesla dine and drive. We met at the factory in Fremont and then drove about uh, an hour or so to Santa Cruz, awesome little beach town. There's a boardwalk there, uh, and had a had a lovely lunch in a private dining room, little wing of the restaurant. Or the he'd even gotten you know you, it was all just so well handled that everything you you prepaid everything via PayPal, so there was no like trying to split a giant bill between twenty people, and uh, it was just it was a really nice. The weather didn't cooperate super well, but I just wanted to again like say that. Getting together with other Tesla folks, I, I love it. I have so much fun doing it. It's just great to to share experiences and stories and, and just share that passion for Tesla and for these cars with other people who, who feel the same way. So thank you, Eli, uh, doing a great job of, of putting fun things to do together for the, uh, the Northern California Tesla community. I, I really appreciate it. And, and the whole, the whole uh, group of us, everybody up here does. So good stuff, Eli. Shout out to you. That will about wrap it up, my friends. I want to start by uh, mentioning Immaculate Reflections, taking good care of my car on the paint protection film, paint correction, 
and ceramic coating front. If you're interested in any of that, all of that, or maybe some other form of detailing, uh, maybe you want to do a vinyl wrap, you want to do a matte wrap, stealth wrap, you know, the whole, th whatever, whatever's on your mind, however you want to protect and or customize your Tesla, Immaculate Reflections can probably help you out. Jeff is good people. Uh, check out the website at irdetailing.com. Meanwhile, abstractocean.com has everything from tempered glass screen protectors to center console wraps. If you're not a fan of the glossy finish on the, uh, the, the center console as it comes from the factory, the, uh, what, the, the Roadster-style TESLA lettering, you want to put that on the back of your car. There's all kinds of stuff. The lighting kits, I think I mentioned earlier in the show, abstractocean.com. And use the coupon code RTL Podcast, all one word, RTL Podcast at checkout in order to get 15% off of your very first order. Uh, meanwhile, you always know how to email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter and/or Instagram if you so choose. It's DMC underscore Ryan. That's my handle on both of those. And I, I gave you the impressions of the version 2 Jada wireless charging pad for Model 3 at the top of the show. If you do want to buy one, uh, again, I, I sadly don't have a discount for you, but if I uh, am of service to you, if you like me, enjoy this, this podcast, I would love it if you would order your $100 Jada wireless charging pad through this referral link because they throw me a few bucks on a, on a referral if you do. So it's getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight. And Jada is spelled J-E-D-A. Patreon, meanwhile, that's the primary way you can really support my efforts if you see fit. Again, it, it has been and always will be a voluntary thing. But if you get a lot out of the podcast each and every week and you want to uh, support my efforts, you can do so on Patreon. Learn more on my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash teslapodcast. And Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. If you're not already subscribing to the podcast, which again is totally free, uh, you can do so at your favorite podcast service, be it iTunes, Google Podcasts, uh, you've got Stitcher, you've got TuneIn, Spotify, um, on YouTube, or you can pick up the RSS feed at the hosting site, which is teslapodcast.libsyn, spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N, dot com. And finally, as always, I want to thank the Patreon producers, the extra kind-hearted souls who support me at the producer tier every month. Part of the perk, one of the perks that they get for that is getting a shout-out on every episode. And I always like to start with the newest Patreon producers, Jeremy Harris and Michael Shu. Thank you both so, so much for your support. It really means a lot. Uh, along with the rest of the Patreon producers, Paul Hussey, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Matthew Parra, Michael Lester, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Emotion Rentals, Tim Hyde, Marcus Mayenshine, Lee Sweet, Lars Hoffman, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack. By the way, Rome, congratulations on your Model S purchase. 
That is awesome news. He's been waiting a long time. He uh, tweeted me very excitedly. David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Luke Miles, Gabriel Salais, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Rick Sinta, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dorian Steve Guberman, Luxendary.com, Stig Mickey Jensen, Michael Waddle, and uh, then Daniel Grummer, Blake Wiley, Tyler Van Gorder, Josh, and Jeremy, and then the aforementioned new folks. Thank you all so, so much. The support really, truly means uh, quite a lot to me because that's, that's what fuels me, man. It keeps me, keeps me going, keeps me able to budget the time and energy for this. That will wrap it up for a now snoring Daisy the Boxer puppy. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. This has been Ride the Lightning, episode 185, the unofficial Tesla podcast. I hope you all have a wonderful week. I hope you all uh, stay safe out there. Happy electric motoring, and I'll see you back here next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. <laughs> That's what it's meant to be. Well, our goal is to make it's it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. Mm. Make it's maximum fun.